Hello, and welcome to the Casual Author Podcast. I'm Dan, host and independent author of sci-fi and fantasy books, father of five, full-time worker, homesteader, and a man of many other responsibilities. I'm here to talk to you about what it's like to be an author, how we can prioritize and be productive, and how we can be encouraged to know that despite our busyness, we can still make the best of our authoring. To learn more about me, my books, or access the podcast show notes, head to dankenner.com slash podcast. Let's get started. Hello, it's Dan, the host of The Casual Author. So happy to be with you again here today. It is Tuesday, March 22nd, as I record this, and this is episode 23 of the podcast. Today, uh, I have the opportunity to chat with Mandy Harker, who is a YA, currently a YA dystopian author and is delving into some more genres such as dark comedy. Uh, but I chat with Mandy about her mantra, which is pleasure, passion, and purpose. You'll have to stick around to figure out what that means. It's actually really, really cool. So stick around for that. Um, I'm just excited to be a little bit more on schedule. I feel like the past few weeks have been a little bit psycho with all the things going on, but uh, now here I am recording this ahead of schedule, which I'm proud of myself for. Um, so we'll go ahead and dive into some updates as usual. So let's go ahead and start with homestead updates, just because I feel like that's at the forefront of my mind uh, with all of the things going on. As I've mentioned before, our goats will be having their babies at the beginning of April, at least most of them will, beginning and mid-April. So we are preparing by training them to come up to the milk stand. So the thing about goats is like, while they have their natural instincts to take care of their babies, there are a few uh, of the goats who have never had babies before. They'll know what to do, of course, when when they actually do. But when it comes to milking, they don't. They need to be trained because they're not sure uh, where they're supposed to go. So it's been an interesting experience for the past week and a half. We have been training them to come to their feeder. We set up five feeders for them for the five goats, and we're trying to teach them which one is theirs specifically. Um, they're all black, so we didn't use colors. We found out that goats don't actually see all of the color spectrum, which we can go into that another time. Regardless, we're training them so they come out and eat, and then each of them takes a turn getting up on the milk stand in preparation for being milked. Now, it's a, a kind of a baby steps approach because you can't just say, okay, get up there, and then they're already used to having their udders touched and whatnot. So little, little by little, we taught them for the first few days, come to this feeder, don't bother your friendly goats to the side, which took some practice. Now we're getting them up on the milk stand and just brushing them and getting them used to getting pulled up there and, and letting us touch them. The ones that have been milked before, they're totally cool with it. Although they do need a little bit of a reminder on what they're supposed to do because it has been, you know, four or five months since they have been milked. But it's been pretty fun. I'm actually pretty impressed. Now, of course, goats will have some they'll have some hiccups here and there where they won't actually do what they're supposed to, but uh, just this morning, most of them went to their feeder without us having to tell them or, or drag them to where they're supposed to go. They, they're getting used to knowing where they're supposed to go, and they're not wandering off. Um, at first, when you let them out, they have this tendency to just go wild. They're excited. They want to go run around their your yard and whatnot, but then they're 
kind of challenging to catch. So now they know, hey, wait, if I go over to this feeder, I'll get some treats. Uh, It's been interesting, something that we've been somewhat concerned about because we were afraid it was going to take so long each morning to train these goats, and they're they're getting it really well. So that's it. Um, Really loving this warmer weather, although (laughs) we do get snow we'll probably get snow into may we've been told um we were here last may but i don't remember if we got snow uh this month last year but you know the warmer weather has been nice we've been getting out more the kids go out all the time and just get (laughs) really messy already there's a lot of mud because the stuff melts during the day it just gets really wet and muddy in in our on our property but that's okay it's great for them to just be kids and have fun Now, in author news, I have been better about sending emails with updates about me and my podcast, and and I'm pretty excited about that because getting an email list put together was something that I knew was important, and I, I tried to get the form up on my site so people could sign up and set up the freebie and whatnot. But now I'm actually taking the time each week to send out an update email because I actually feel like I've got things to talk about. I am including some information about the homestead. Not everybody on my email list is a part of this podcast. So I do talk about the podcast a little bit in addition to, you know, some of the homestead and author updates. But so that's exciting to actually be regularly creating and sending those emails. I've been needing to do it for so long, but I'm glad that I'm actually taking the time to do it. In connection with that, my next project, uh, now that I finish Ascended, I'm letting it sit for just a couple of weeks. My next project is actually writing a novella, a prequel novella to the Lightbearer Chronicles. It doesn't have a title quite yet. I, I, you know, I've been playing around with a few different titles, but um, it is actually a side story or a pre-story to one of the characters that you hear about in the series that's related to one of the uh, main characters, but you don't know much information. All you know is that they have little information about them. And uh, anyway, I'm pretty excited about it. It's going well so far. I'm about 14,000 words deep into that. And I really would love to get that wrapped up by the end of this week. Since it is a novella, shooting for around 25, 26,000 words. And I actually think I'll be able to hit it, which I'm proud of myself for. <laughs> because historically, when I've tried to write something short, it has not ended up being short. So crossing my fingers that that novella will actually be as short as I intend it to be. Now, it is intended to be a freebie. What I'll probably do with it is when I get it covered is I will upload it to Amazon and all of the websites, obviously with ISBNs and whatnot. But um, I will put it on my website for free. I don't plan on putting it in KU. I'm I'm out of KU. I'm still somewhat bothered by the fact that you independent authors can't put their books in KU and sell their ebooks elsewhere. But traditionally published books can. It's it's really irky to me. But um, I will be putting it free on my site as an email sign up. If people want to sign up for my email, get it for free. Great, but I will put it up on websites for 99 cents or something like that. If they do want to purchase it, great. But if they want for free, then yeah, they can get it through my my email list, which I'm pretty excited about. I've got all the systems um, to to get that set up. I just need to have the actual content. Right now, my freebie is the first three chapters of Awakened, which you know some people have have read. They've got it and read it, and whether or not they've got my book, I don't know. But you know, it was something that I had at the beginning of this author 
business, now that I'm getting it set up, it's just, it would be better to have something a bit more permanent and segue into the completed trilogy of the Lightbearer Chronicles when it's completed. Uh, so get, getting that short story out or the, that novella out, rather, is my next priority. Then I'll edit Ascendant and go on to who knows what. I've got all sorts of story ideas in my head. There is no... Um, no lack for ideas in my mind. Let's just say it that way. But I think that does it for updates from my perspective. As usual, if you have any questions, feel free to let me know. Um, But we'll go ahead and shift over to the interview portion of the podcast. How are you doing today, Mandy? I'm doing good, Dan. How are you? Doing, doing well. I, I just realized I recall that we we discussed this prior to now, but your the book that you've written is actually under a pen name, correct? Yes, that's correct. So I'm Mandy Herker, and I have a co-writer, Preston McNair, who's my brother. So together we are Harker McNair. Which I think is great. Um, yeah. So it's the it's the pen name we started out with. Um and we'll we'll most likely in the future. He does some independent projects, and I have some that are independent. But we'll almost always publish under that name. So you don't ever anticipate publishing under Mandy Harker or Mandy something else. You know, someday? I thought I thought about that. Um, just because we have our our series that we're working on right now is it's a dark comedy, um, and it's such a departure from what we originally published. Uh, that we talked about doing a pen name just for that genre, just because it's a much more mature adult genre. But um, but we honestly, we haven't decided yet. Um, plus, we can't come up with any good ones. So we're... <laughs> Seriously, yeah. though. I yeah. People ask me if I ever thought about publishing under a pen name, and I tell them I'm good at making up funky names for my fantasy books, but none of them seem appropriate for a, a normal human name. On the front of I know, it's that it's that mixed bag of like you're known first for your pen name, and so because everybody online refers to me as Harker, right? Mm-hmm. Which which worked out great for me, maybe not as well for my for my brother, but he, <laughs> uh, everyone online refers to me as Harker, and so I I feel like if I departed then from that name, it would be hard again for people to maybe find my work. Mm-hmm. I do know a lot of authors that have multiple pen names, but how they keep track of that, I'll never know. Sounds not worth it to me, but I guess everyone <laughs> to each of their own, right? Right, uh, right. So I'd love to know a little bit more about how long you have been in the publishing writing business. So we've actually been um, in the publishing writing business for a pretty short period of time. Okay. We published our our very first book, which is The Reclaiming. It's part one of the auction series, clear back in April of 2020. Um, Just like right smack dab in the middle of COVID, Mm -hmm. um, which, which obviously we didn't plan that, but that's, that's how the cookie kind of crumbled. But uh, that is the, the work that we have published now. Um, And until, you know, I really did, we, we really did approach writing very casually as like a hobby or something that we did. Um, until after the reclaiming had been published. And now um, we're kind of in full gear. It's been a quiet two years, I know, for the people who follow us. But um, I think that's because this will be the year we debut um, a huge bulk of work. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I'm considered in the industry (laughs) 
probably not, but um, I know there's a lot of really prolific writers who have a ton of work. I know, Dan, you've got quite a bit of work, good catalog, uh, but I, I haven't been around very long. Well, I, mean, I don't, but it depends on what your definition of quite a bit of work is. I mean, I would <laughs> guess that three books is, it's more than one, but I don't know that I'm prolific myself. But, you know, we we're all in the learning phase. I think it's great, though. It seems like you've planned it so that you can kind of rapid publish multiple things because you've had them all completed. I think that's a really cool approach. Um, do you anticipate that your full dark comedy series will be completed before you start publishing the first one? Yes. So we um, we're finished drafting. Um, we're okay. in the editing process now. When we finished the the very first book of that series it was actually not intended to be a series but when we hit about 180 thousand ish words we we realized like this isn't going to be um even if even with heavy editing it's way too long um and so we've been chatting with various agents and editors talking about how to how to present this work and um they suggested we cut it into two books and then after kind of reviewing where we wanted that series then to go, because now it's a series, right? Or a, or a duet or a duology. Mm-hmm. After kind of looking at that, we realized there's a big chunk of this story that we, we wanted to still tell. So I'm guessing the, our work in progress will be three complete books. We have two drafted and then um, we have one work that's outlined. But both um, myself and my co-writer on this particular project are pretty heavy planners. I find that when you have a co-author and you're working in something simultaneously, you have to know directionally where you're going. I think that if you're... um, I know a lot of people are are much more like of the pantsing variety. Uh, that's, That's never worked well just because we worked... My brother and I worked so closely together that we really do have to have a full series plan. So the auction series um, is already completely organized and it's not drafted, but we have a very clean idea of where the series will go and what we're going to do with it. And the same goes for um, Super Serial, which is our work in progress. Awesome. Yeah. I think that's great. I happen to be Panzer. We've we've talked about this before <laughs> yeah. when we've met. We don't have to go into that. I'm definitely like extreme Panzer. Uh, but this kind of makes me think about something that you've mentioned before in prior conversations is you have this mantra of pleasure, passion, purpose. And for me, it kind of, I think, plays into the every, to each their own from an author perspective. Everyone can have their own styles and, and purposes and everything. I'm just curious to know, like, what does this mantra mean to you and, and why do you love it so much? Okay. So, um, I, so when I started, like I started the reclaiming as a solo writer Mm -hmm. and, um, I wrote really for pleasure. It was something that I really enjoyed doing. I, I wrote work that was intended to be for fun, for pleasure. And I, I'm a big believer that all writing and all reading is okay. You know, um, I don't like genre snobs. I don't Mm -hmm. like, um, content snobs. I'm, I feel like, authors, you know, should be who they are. And that's kind of where the pleasure, passion, and then purpose kind of came into play for me. So um, a lot of people write for for pleasure and their readers read their work for pleasure. Um, It's something fun to do. It's a form of entertainment. And I think that's awesome and always a really positive thing. Then you have kind of the 
the writers that are really, really passionate about writing and they study their craft and they spend a lot of time on their works. And um, this is kind of like where a lot of your like epic fantasy and epic sci-fi come in because those are, I mean, you would have to be a passionate writer to make it through 150,000 words in anything. I, I does not matter <laughs> if you are, I mean, and you know, Dan, because you've written, you're, you're smack dab at the, you're in the third book of a series. So, you know, it, it does require a heavy amount of passion. Um, but for me, where I really found my sweet spot was in purpose because you can write for pleasure. You can be a passionate author. Um, but I think it's really you know, writing a book is really mentally strenuous. It's stressful. All of us are trying to also live lives in the middle of this and have jobs and careers and things that we do. Um, and I know, and I, I think really until you land in the purpose area of writing, it's hard to maintain motivation. At least it is for me. Um, so I drafted the what is now the reclaiming. So I drafted that book four times before a co-writer came in. Um, and I could not figure out for the life of me, I was like, I started out, you know, in the pleasure category. This is just for fun, something I enjoy doing now and then. And then it kind of grew into a passion, which is what, you know, you hope for anybody who's trying to write. Um, and then, but it just, it wasn't working for me. Um, and I knew it wasn't working. I've read a lot of books and I reading my own work, I'm like, okay, it's not as if the writing is terrible or the editing is terrible or anything like that. The characters are okay. But um, I couldn't figure out really what was wrong with it, but I knew that it wasn't what I wanted it to be. And that's when I finally let somebody read my work and it was my brother. <laughs> so um, he's the first person that ever read anything that I wrote and he read it and he called me about two months after that and he said, you know what, I have this really good idea. <laughs> for this. And that's kind of how we entered into a co-writing relationship, um, which is not something I had ever imagined myself doing in a million years. And that's when together and separately, we really defined the purpose for writing. Um, and I think authors, you can really tell in their writing when they know what their purpose is as opposed to writing for pleasure or writing for passion. And there's nothing wrong with that. Those are great things to do. Um, but I, I really feel like authors hit um, the next level when they can identify the purpose of what they're doing or the message of what that they want to send to their readers, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. It makes I know absolute that, sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I, know that, um, I know that probably sounds strange in certain genres. Like I had somebody the other day that was... A, primarily a romance writer and they were like well what purpose is there to romance right it's it's just it's like feel-good rom-com romance and I'm like actually if you think about this what are you what are you trying to teach or what are you what are you passionate about within that story um why why did you choose this to write um you know and it, that's kind of a a complicated question for authors uh to answer because and I think that's what the problem ultimately was with my first drafts of the reclaiming is that it it was it was well constructed, it was decent writing, um, but it was lacking purpose, which is really for me 
once we we really worked to inject that, we rewrote it three additional times from beginning to end, which is like an insane thing to do. Um, but that's where I really feel like I, I hit my stride as a writer um, and the book became what I wanted it to be. Um, there's just so much in there. I think, so this is amazing. I love the mantra first off. Uh, I love kind of you bringing us through the the path of the that mantra and what it means to you and what it means for authors. I want to highlight the one thing that you said at the very beginning of this is, you know, you're not a genre snob, like people can read and write what they want. I just think it's amazing. I, I'm totally the same. I, I agree. There's things that I prefer to read, but I think it's great that anybody can read whatever they want. Um, I think it's so excellent that when it comes to creativity within any space, but particularly in publishing and writing, the this you can do anything, right? It's limitless, the options. And I think that's so amazing. But um, that plays into the, the pleasure, passion, purpose thing, um, because I totally identify with at least the passion piece, because you mentioned the 150,000 word thing. All three of my books are 150K or more. Um, well, <laughs> except for Sunfire. Sunfire is like 100. But yeah, the, no, the draft. A he- 100,000 words is a hefty book. It's, it it's, is. It's fairly hefty. Yes. Yeah, it's hefty. The draft I just finished is 189. So it, it's just, it's they're big books. But it does make me reflect on, you know, I've definitely passed the pleasure phase moving into the, through the passion and into the purpose. I, I Because it's it's like my life isn't complete. My days aren't complete unless I've thought about and worked on it. And it just feels like, you know, it's more of a purpose in my life and there's more purpose in the words that I write. So I'm interested to see how that comes through in my third book of this installment because I was writing for pleasure with the first book, moved sure. into passion with the second. And now I feel like we've kind of identified with this, this purpose phase with the third one. So I'm just curious to know what readers think on that when they read through that. Um, but I'm curious to know, like, did you notice a change in yourself as you started writing the reclaiming and oh, now yeah. you are where you are? A hundred percent. A massive change. So when I very first started the reclaiming, it's odd to say this, but I, um, I had basically no social media presence at all. I was really mm-hmm. camera shy. Um, and, and I feel like once I had, once I could identify why I was writing and who my audience was, because the reality is, is you're, you're not for everyone. No one is for everyone. That's right. just the, the truth. And um, I know we wrote in a style that's unusual. It's a little bit difficult. Some people don't like the multi point of view. That's just their style and that's okay. But once I found, okay, this is my purpose. This is what I want to say or, or teach or explain about myself um, in my writing. And, I could identify my audience very clearly. And I feel like for me, it that gave me all the permission I needed to just fully be myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's weird because once I let go of the idea that I needed to present myself as better than I was, I know that's weird to say, but as better than I was and just be fully and wholly myself. Um, that's when I feel like my writing became what I wanted it to be. And then my social media presence all at once just blew up. Mm-hmm. Um, it was crazy. And I, it was, it, what was the most bizarre about it too, is that most of my, I, I am, a, I have a pretty bizarre sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And I was a little bit worried at first that it would it would kind of contradict the writing style, especially for the reclaiming, because that book itself is like kind of a serious topic. It's a little bit of a a grim story. Um, and I'm a lot more of a lighthearted kind of person um, because my soul and and the things that I've gone through as, as a person and my inspiration in life basically goes into my writing. But um, for on social media, I'm pretty like, let's have fun and let's have a good time. And so I was a little bit worried it wouldn't translate. Um, but oddly enough, it has been like exactly the opposite. Um, once I relinquished, like I just let the universe take over. I relinquished all this control that I was trying to maintain and just stepped into who I was as a person. I found that my readers found me. The people who were interested in my work found me. And so purpose for me is, is equivalent to freedom as a writer. Um, and I think a lot of people spend so much time in their writing worrying about what someone else is going to say or think about their work. Um, when in reality, that's that's the very attitude that's preventing them from producing their best work. Mm-hmm. Um, so that for me is kind of like how I moved into writing with purpose, writing as a passion and wanting to write full time. Like you, I feel incomplete without this project. I feel like I can't move forward in my day without it, without thinking about it, without writing a little bit. And even if it's a day that's been hectic and busy, um, I find myself leaning into projects that I feel um, have like a purpose for me. Um, but I think that's how the right people find you, right? Because the reality is, is um, you can write an incredible book, but the re- the chances of that book, um, every, every single person reading it is like, oh, wow, five stars the whole way, you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. And um and so I think if you if you can define your purpose, then the right readers find you because they identify with your purpose. But I I know that um I know that I know that's true. What's crazy is from so we had a debut that especially for a first book, especially for a self-published book, was really, really successful. And last month, two years later, we sold more books in that month than we ever have. Mm-hmm. Um, which is the craziest thing. I never thought that would happen. I had kind of thought, man, the life of this book is over. I didn't, I felt like I just couldn't land in that niche. But um, I feel like once I just embraced who I was and found my purpose within within that book and within myself, um, all of a the sudden there's people who are like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know this existed. Where did this come from? It's been really super exciting. That is really amazing. I mean, I've had a similar experience, although my social media presence is much smaller than yours. Uh, but it, it is it is interesting, though, that because I published my first book in May of 2020. So just right after yours. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I had a similar experience with like, oh, this book is dead. Like it's I didn't do the launch. Right. But then the thing that's we need to remember is the work is out there permanently. And there's a lot of years left. For, for people to find that and read it. And so, yeah, I sold the most books I ever have uh, in July of last year, just kind of random. I was like, where did this come from? Right. Awesome. And it's Plus great to see. It's encouraging to see like, oh, this is older, but there's still hope for it. Um, but it's interesting that you said like seeing your, your um, TikTok, and I guess I haven't looked a lot of your Instagram, but your personality and your sense of humor and now reading your book. Yes. They, they don't match. But for me, 
that's not a problem because I've, because I'm an author and I know that my personality is vastly different from my works. Um, I think it's just a refreshing thing. And if you see an author that you respect for themselves, you're willing to read their work, whatever it is, because you're like, I'm just genuinely interested what this amazing person came up with. What they can produce. And so, yeah. And, and so I think that's probably what a lot of us forget is that, oh, we have to be the face of our books. We have to be exactly the way we uh, we want our readers to think our books are about. Like, no, we don't actually, because they, they want to know what the author is, what their purpose is, like you said. Um so when you said when you kind of let go and just started being yourself on social media, you found the opposite happening of, of people kind of swarming to your book, so to speak. Um, did you find that it was challenging to like come up with content and um, show your purpose and your passion the way you wanted it to be internally? Oh my gosh. So if you go to the very bottom of my TikTok account, which is probably my biggest social media account right now, um, you'll see my very beginning TikTok videos and they're so stupid. They're terrible. <laughs> and they're not, um, they're not well constructed. They're not well created. They're they're None of them show me as a person or my face um, because I did not know what I was doing on that platform like at all. And so um, I was really, really surprised at the response when it came um, and how how ridiculous some of the videos are that are probably my big, my biggest brought in my biggest amount of followers. <laughs> but um, I don't find coming up with TikTok content or Instagram content or Facebook content super difficult. I was a theater major. Okay. So I'm like, I kind of feel like that those types of that type of like app is great for me. Um, I do have a little bit of a harder time um, talking about my own work and why I'm passionate about my own work, um, just because there's a disconnect between who who I am as a as a person and as a persona, and the the style and type of book I wrote. So if you're like wearing a wig and you're up in a tree one minute, and then the next minute you're um, talking about like the patriarchal patriarchal dystopian society and how women relate to that. I mean, it, it doesn't, it's not necessarily a smooth transfer. So I'm really, really looking forward to publishing Super Serial because it's so directly in line with who I am as a person. Um, I think it'll be a, a lot easier just generally for me to market. I've tried really, really hard to find a balance um, between just between having fun, enjoying myself on social media, because the worst thing ever is when it feels like a drag. The mm -hmm. worst thing is when you're tired and worn out and you have to sit and be like, how can I be funny? How can I be clever? How can I come up with something to say? Um, and, you know, or you feel like you have to like dress up and shower and comb your hair and put on like nice makeup. And um, it's, it's really hard a lot of times to let go of, of that idea that you need to present yourself all the time in this professional, perfect way so that people will read your book. I've actually found most of my great, most of my great successes are low key, not looking great, <laughs> look like, uh, um, and just something I thought of in the moment. And I think just generally people identify more with that because they realize like this person is a human being, like they're doing their best. <laughs> At least I hope that's what they get. Oh gosh. But um, I I do once in a while, I'll feel that pressure of like, oh, I haven't, I haven't posted in a couple of days or I haven't really spent a lot of time on, on, on making videos or whatever. 
Um, but usually that's when I produce my worst work. So I try to really wait until it feels natural to me um, and kind of organic because otherwise it feels it comes across as very forced and formulaic. And um, I I know there's apps where that is a little bit more of the expectation, but TikTok is not one of those apps. So if you if you produce formulaic videos, it's like scroll. <laughs> Nobody watches them anyway. Um, but I found when I talk about my book on TikTok, the best the best videos I have are the ones where I share my own experience um, and why I'm passionate about what's in my book. Those are typically the ones where people are more interested um, is when you're being genuine about why you wrote your book and what's in it. Yeah, once again, so much to pick up on. <laughs> just like so many things I want to highlight. Um, but I think I've, I've noticed the same thing just with respect to not even social media and marketing efforts, but also writing. Like if it feels not natural, like if it ever steps out of this, this isn't um, natural, this isn't myself, then it just feels weird. Like I've had some writing sessions where I'm just like, I don't really love anything that I just wrote for the past couple of days, just because, you know, not necessarily the stars aren't aligning, like showing up and doing your work is important, but I think I just overthink it. Um, I was an overanalyzing my work and thinking like, oh, is this what people will appreciate? Is this written in a way that people will think is interesting? I was worrying too much about it. It just wasn't feeling right. Um, and so I think, you know, falling back on the reasons why you're doing it, the reasons we're creating these social media posts, the reasons we're writing for ourselves personally, just makes a massive difference when you're like, I don't care what other people, I'm not going to try to be someone for other people when, you know, if like, kind of like what you said earlier, your book's not going to be for everybody and that's okay. Same, your personality, your sense of humor might not be for everyone and that's fine. Like who cares? Definitely it's, not. <laughs> It's so much easier just being yourself in, in the way you write and the way you create marketing. Um, it's just so much easier from that perspective. So that being said, I want to just kind of switch gears and talk about like of the things that you've learned in your experience, your mantra of, of pleasure, passion, purpose. What could this mean for someone who's approaching writing brand new or someone who is considering getting into authoring writing? Oh man, I have like so much to say about this because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I just was that person. I really wasn't. The reclaiming took me five years. Wow. Okay. To, to finish. Um, and it was because I didn't know how to write. I didn't know mm -hmm. how to be a writer. Um, and that is a that's a process I really think you have to to go through essentially to become a writer. It's like you can't you can't learn how to be a writer if you don't write. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I mean, if you, if you're trying to finish a book and you haven't gone cover to cover and you haven't gone through criticism and editing, um, it's really, really hard to know how to be a writer. So yeah. I, I had to go through um, a lot of steps to get to the point where I felt like my writing could be what I wanted it to be. Because I think it's hard when you imagine something um, and, and, and in your mind, it makes perfect sense. But try, and then you find it when you're telling it to somebody else that it's like muddled. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So writing for me is like the, the clarity of what's in my head and how do I get that into your head when you're reading my work. Um, but aside from the technical elements that come with learning um, how to be a writer, because there are a lot of technical elements like my first drafts are horrible. They're just absolutely atrocious. 
and the adverbs are high and I use a lot of weird like punctuation and things like that. And I had to learn, I had to learn that the hard way by, by seeking critique from people who, who wouldn't try to spare my feelings. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that was, that was a really hard learning process because, you know, if you show your work to your mom or your grandma or your cousin, they're, you know, they, they have your, your self-esteem in mind essentially, and they, and they want you to succeed. And so they don't know how, they can't give you honest critique. And I remember the first day I got the most honest critique and I was devastated because it was like, literally don't quit your day job. It was, and, and looking back now that I'm far much further down the process, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, this person who gave me this critique was 100% correct. Mm-hmm. They were, they were 100% correct, but it, man, it stung. Like learning how to take feedback is, is really a huge critical part of the process. However, um, if you cannot identify why you're writing what you're writing and you cannot identify who you want to read this story, um, you're going to find yourself because passion, even passion runs dry, pleasure mm-hmm. runs dry. The only way I think as an author to completely fill the well that you are going to have to draw back on time and time again, because let's be honest, writing can be a slog sitting mm-hmm. down every day and being like, I, sp- I remember one time spending 45 minutes trying to figure out how to get my character across a room. Like, how do I get them from point A to point B without sounding stupid? Um, and I, I remember just saying, this is the most frustrating process. Um, but I think where, where writers can really, you have to be able to draw on purpose. Mm-hmm. Because if you do not know what your purpose as a writer is, what you're trying to say, what's important to you, um, where you fit in the world of, of books, because there are millions of, of voices, millions of books. But if you do not know that, you're going to find that when you really need to draw passion or you need to draw pleasure or inspiration, um, that if if you don't have a purpose, that well is dry. <laughs> and um, I, I know a lot of people run into this because I I... I talk to so many people online, so many authors online. They'll say, I'm like two thirds of the way through a book or I have it drafted, but it's not edited. Or I can't, I can't get from past chapter 16. I don't know what I'm doing. I I feel like I've gotten lost along the way. And um, I find if you ask the simple questions, well, why are you writing this? And who are you writing it for? Um, if you can identify those things, it gives you a lot of a lot of drive as a as an author, and that's really what I have found. Um, because I, although um, I know a lot of people, like I said, they write and read for pleasure. There's books that I've read before that I'm like, I can't read this again. It's too heavy. It's too hard to read. It's challenging to read. Or like, I'll just be like, man, I'm stressed out. I don't want to read like some long epic. <laughs> thing. Mm-hmm. I really just want like a quick, like little beach read almost um, because it feels like I I don't want to dip into another author's purpose at that point in time, because I'm not even aligned with my own. But I, I would say to a new author who is just starting out the process, um, what are you trying to say and who are you saying it to? If you can answer those questions and it, that alone can fill up that well enough that when you're tired of writing and you're sick of 
trying to figure out how to get your character from point A to point B, because there is a huge amount of writing that's just like, what is this person doing? How are they standing? What does their face look like? Um, It doesn't feel like a slog if you can draw on that well of purpose, because you're like, okay, this, this is hard. It's frustrating. But I know if I get through it, that I can say this thing that I've wanted to say for so long. Um, and that, that to me is what I would say to somebody brand new is what, who, who are you writing it for and, and why? You know, the, those are some pretty basic questions, but you'd be amazed at how much thought you really have to put into that. It's like, okay, if I could drum up a, an ideal reader, who, what would that look like? Who would they be? How old would they be? Would they be male? Would they be female? Would they be non-binary? Are they the kind of person who has gone through a lot of struggles in their personal life and this book is a refuge? Is this something like I'm trying to teach a principle, a moral, something that's important to me to somebody else? And who is that person? Um, and I think if you cannot produce that audience in your mind, um, they're going to have a hard, hard time following you. And you're going to have a hard, hard time finishing your work because there is nothing to draw from. I do like pleasurable reads, but I think that only takes you so far as a writer. I have to have a purpose behind what I'm saying, or I find I have little to no motivation to say it. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm like, who cares? You know, I can. I can sit down and slap something together and, you know, write 30, 40,000 words of nonsense. And and the reality is, is to me, it's not going to be good writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's kind of why I, I always ask that, are you writing for pleasure? Are you writing for passion? Are you writing for purpose? Um, those are the biggest, those are, for me, those are the biggest things to identify. And so Moving into purpose, active purpose is what I call it. Active purpose is um, is something I have to work at all the time. Yeah, I'm sure you do too, right? Like, yes. yeah, you have to work <laughs> on what did. you're trying to say and who you're saying it to. And those are both really complicated questions. It sounds simple, but it really is not. <laughs> But I think the thing that you said is it, it all comes with time. I mean, just highlighting the the, the beginning of this. Um, just remember, you can't learn until you, you do. And so just taking that step and you'll find that purpose if you don't know it right off the bat as you you dive into it, kind of go through the phases of, of writing like you described, then you do sure. find your place. But it does take the work, right? Um, yep. And it, you just have to remember that. So something Well, and your purpose mind. may not come till the ninth draft, which is right. when mine showed up. <laughs> yep. And that's okay too, right? You'll have a good solid like foundation of writing. Um, I think just don't be afraid to fail, you know, don't mm-hmm. be afraid for, don't be afraid to wander in the wilderness a little bit. It's not going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, at least I not permanently. That, yeah. I think the biggest thing, all, all the injuries will be emotional, but I think <laughs> the, the biggest thing is to, um, is to, is to write and not, to edit as you write yes, um, and not to criticize your own words as they're coming out of your mouth, which I know is so challenging. I have to, I have a perfectionist streak, especially in editing. Um, and so what's crazy is my drafts are super clean <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, I don't even, I, and it has like held me back. I think that's why I'm really slow, which is like something I'm trying to work through is like, how do I, how do I become more prolific? How do I speed up my writing? Um, because at this point in time, it's taking me about two years to finish a book. 
Yeah, I mean, everyone yeah, has a different too. process, but yeah, the whole edit as yeah. you write thing. If as if I start to slip into that during one of my sessions, I have to take a step back and be like, no, because I'm not going to slow myself down in this instance. And I found if I don't do that, my drafts are like not clean at all, <laughs> but they're yeah. relatively fleshed out for me, right? Because I'm not I a planner. More important, I do too. I think that's way more important because if there's no skeleton to work with, it's just like floppy, <laughs> floppy <Yep>. muscle. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, blob. if I, I find myself leaning into perfectionism too much, um, and wanting and being frustrated that I can't like achieve it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, this is terrible. But, um, I tend to over edit. So that's, that's something I work on all the time is trying to just have like a writing session where I enjoy myself. Um, but man, that's hard for me. That's tough. It's so fascinating. Yeah. I mean, we could go in depth with the different ways that authors, because I haven't experienced similar things since I, I just kind of get into the mindset and just write um, the words just kind of flow. But um, I would love for you to share because people listening, hearing all of this great thing, these things about you, um, where can they find you? Where can they find more information about you and your books, both the published one and the upcoming ones? They can go to my website, which is www.harkermcnair.com. All of the links to our work, um, an updated blog of what we're doing, our book reviews. Uh, we also have a pretty large book talker book list at this point. So um, these are authors that uh, we basically, you can link to any genre or work, um, of authors on TikTok. Um, we have like maybe three or 400 ish postings, um, just, just to support independent authors and self-published authors. I think that's a hugely important work. I appreciate you joining me today, Mandy. It was an excellent conversation and I, I look forward to doing this again sometime. Awesome. Thanks so much. Have a great day. See ya. I hope you found that interesting and helpful. I mean, I know I did. Um, writing is is such an amazing thing, though challenging. It's a, it's excellent and important to find your reasons for writing, whether it be pleasure or passion or whatever. Um, and I think her mantra is something that can really aid an author when they're in the writing phase uh, to understand, hey, you know, why am I doing this? What what are the real reasons for me doing this work? So um, definitely recommend checking out Mandy's book. I, I've been enjoying it recently myself. Um, next week, I have the chance to talk to Jared Goulian, who is an author in New Zealand about switching genres. Uh, he has a really cool story about switching genres. And so I'm really excited to share that with you next week. Looking forward to it. If you have any questions, feel free to contact me, of course, authordkenner at gmail.com, or you can find the form at my website. Have an excellent week.